Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Hallelujah. How many glad to be saved this morning? Glad to be in church this morning. Hallelujah. Be in your right mind. Amen. Where would you be without Jesus? Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bibles. So, conference. If any of you have ever been to a Bible conference, you will know that it is not a vacation. <laughs> it is late nights and early mornings, and it is, uh, it is a lot of preaching, a lot of the Word of God. Uh, you are feasting on uh, biblical truth. And I certainly did this week, heard some incredible preaching, can't wait to share with you some of the messages that were preached. And so I come back with a, with a well of inspiration that I want to share with you. How many know preachers, when we, when we minister, we have to drop the bucket down into the well and pull something out for the people of God and for ourselves? And sometimes uh, that well can, can go empty. And uh, so I'm grateful that God filled up the well this week in my heart, and I had so many things that I wanted to share with you, and I was taking notes the whole week, and uh, God trying, uh, trying to hear from God about what to speak to our congregation, and uh, so I'm reading my Bible. Aren't you grateful for the Bible? Uh, yesterday, on the way back, traveling back, uh, airplanes and trains and automobiles and all kinds of things, and I open up my Bible reading plan. And I read two scriptures back to back, which God put on my heart to share with you this morning. Those verses are from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and Joshua chapter 1. What I saw in that conference in the last week was I saw a group of people that were hungry to do the work of God. I saw pastors that were hungry to preach. And I saw disciples and workers that were hungry to hear and to do something for the Lord. It was a powerful display of courage. How many know this morning, if we're going to do anything great in anything in life, it requires courage. It requires courage to go on a job interview. It requires courage to ask that prospective spouse out on a first date. It requires courage to ask for a raise when you know that you've been doing more than what you're getting paid for. It requires courage to complete uh, your university classes and degrees. It requires courage. And I, uh, I am convicted this morning about the fact that there is such a lack of courage in so many people in this generation. I picked up this article from a guy named Dan Shabel writing on the LinkedIn website, and he said, Gen Z is the first generation that was truly born completely digital. 
They have had more access to information, people, and resources through their devices earlier in life than we ever did. As a millennial who grew up with Apple floppy drives, Sony Walkmans, cassette tapes, mini disc players, without laptops, without cell phones, without Wi-Fi, without Bluetooth and Alexa, some young people are cursing under their breath right now. I can remember being on a train witnessing an older man listening to his cassette player while a teenager looked at it like it was an ancient fossil stolen from a museum. All future generations will be born with even more digital devices and capabilities. And as of now, Gen Z is using technology the most with estimated 10 hours a day spent online. Did you hear that? 10 hours a day spent online, nearly 100% smartphone adoption. And so you have to ask the question, what effect does this have on a human personality? And what he goes on to say, personal experience and conversations, it's clear that technology is a double-edged sword. On one hand, technology has enabled this generation to communicate with their peers without limitations, which, on one hand, has made them feel connected and engaged. But the other side of that sword is that, it, that technology has isolated them, cutting them off from the human contact that is necessary to feel empathy, belonging, to feel loved and social. And as evidence, the number, listen, the number of driver's licenses issued to Gen Z compared to the previous generation at the same age has greatly declined and fewer cars purchased as a result. They're more likely to use the technology in isolation, having products and services come to them. Can you say Uber Eats? <laughs> having products and services come to them instead of traveling. And this isolation has led many in the Gen Z generation to feel lonely and experience mental health issues much more than any older generation ever did at that age. One study by Cigna, 20,000 people found that Gen Z scored highest for loneliness, even more than senior citizens. 48% of Gen Zers feel lonely versus 39% of senior citizens. And of course, being isolated from human contact can severely impact your social skills, even if just for a few days. They admit that technology has weakened their ability to maintain strong interpersonal relationships and develop people skills. The reason I bring that up this morning is because underlying those issues, underlying the addiction to the smartphone, to the technology, underlying all of that is the lack of exercise of this muscle called courage. And I believe this morning... We are not going to do what God wants us to do unless we have courage. We are not going to go to conference without courage. We're not going to read our Bible and have it affect our lives without courage. We're not going to pray boldly and fervently without courage. We're not going to win the world for Jesus without courage. And so I want to preach a message I've titled this morning, Comfortable Cowards, or courageous conquerors. Let's read these two scriptures. They were both back to back in my Bible reading plan. So that's, uh, that's, that's the Lord's fault, not mine. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, and then Joshua chapter 1, a couple of verses there. Paul instructs the church in Corinth. He says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. 
Now going back to Joshua chapter 1, this famous verse as Joshua has taken leadership over the people of Israel and God is giving him instructions for how to lead the people of God into victory. And he says in Joshua 1 verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong. I want you to count the number of times it says to be strong, okay? In one little verse. So this is number two. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. I'm asking you right now, God, to give us open hearts. The soil of our hearts would be fertile and open, ready to receive the word of God that is planted in us. Lord, there are men here that need to rise up in leadership. And to do that requires courage. There are women that are here, Lord, that need to surrender and submit their hearts to you. That requires courage. Lord, everything that you've called us to do requires great courage. And I'm praying, God, that you would help us to encourage one another this morning so that we can do what you've called us to do. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. Amen. Again, the title, Comfortable Cowards, or courageous conquerors. And I want to look first with you at the call to strength. God wants you to be strong. That does not mean this morning that you go down to GNC and buy a bucket of protein and get another membership to the gym that you're not going to use. God wants you to be strong. Yes, physically, that's part of it. But even more important... God wants you to be strong emotionally, mentally, spiritually. If you ask this morning, does God want me to be strong? The answer over and over again from the Word of God is a resounding, yes, you not only, need, not only should you want to be strong, but you need to be strong. You cannot live this Christian life in a state of weakness. It's not going to work. Everything that we do for God requires strength and courage. It requires conviction. It requires the ability. It doesn't mean that you're never afraid. It means that you can conquer your fear. You can overcome your fears and you are able to go on into what God has for you. Again, our scriptures, 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 13, when Paul is echoing what the Lord said to Joshua, he said, be courageous, be strong. Again, God said to Joshua three times in only four verses, be strong and courageous. A few other examples, 1 Kings 2, verse 2, be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. I am so dismayed at young men of this generation. The Word of God calls men to be men. To be men of strength and courage and conviction. 
it is such a rare trait in this generation. First Chronicles 28, verse 10. Be strong and build a house for the sanctuary of the Lord. Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Colossians 1 verse 11 Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. For 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. So if you ask me the question, why does the Bible say over and over and over again, why does it say, be strong? Because that is not the natural tendency, isn't it? The Bible encourages us to be strong because we exist in a natural state of weakness and fear. Think about how you came into this world. Helpless. You came into this world in a state of weakness. If you leave a baby alone for one week, it will die. It's weak. It needs help. Isn't that right? Thank God God gave us the family structure, a mother to care, a father to protect. But in its, in its own strength, the baby cannot live on its own. This is the natural state. This is also true, not just physically, it's also true spiritually. The natural state of every person here, unless you exercise, unless you are made strong, you are weak. We are naturally weak. This is the gravity that pulls on our character. It is the gravity toward weakness and discouragement, fearfulness. And so this is why the Bible again and again calls you to be strong. Can we say this together this morning? I need... To be strong. God wants you to be strong. He wants you to have courage. He wants you to break through your fears. Listen, can I just remind you, you don't have to pray about this. Lord, would you like me to be stronger than I am right now? This is not a prayer you have to pray because we already know. God needs you to be stronger so that you can do what he wants you to do. We are not strong by default. Think about our physical bodies for just a moment. Are you just naturally, you come out of the womb like Arnold Schwarzenegger, ripped muscles? No, you, nobody has that by nature. By nature, if we do nothing, we will be weak. Is that true? The natural state of your body is weakness. The only way that you overcome weakness is through, uh, through good food and exercise. Yes? And as you do that, your body can grow stronger. But this is not something that has... Listen, your bag of Cheetos is not making you stronger. I'm sorry to report this to you. Your quart of ice cream, Rocky Road, is not going to get you stronger. It will make you weaker. We have to do things that we don't want to do in order to become stronger. This is true of your physical body. This is true of your mind. Can I tell you, uh, we live in a generation that is extremely distracted. If I asked you to focus on a single topic, even for 60 seconds, many of you would have a hard time to do that. Because our minds are naturally weak. They are naturally 
uh, given to many distractions. Uh, I, I sometimes I try to watch one of these kids shows, uh, and you know, on, on those platforms, they have to change the image every second or two. The image has to flash because the attention span of young people is so short. That's how the only way to keep eyes on the screen is you've got to change the colors, the flashes, the bangs, the, the pows, the, it, it's got to be quick moving. But see, if, if that is your only diet of mental intake, it will generate a weak mind. In order to strengthen your mind, you've got to learn how to meditate, to concentrate. Somebody said concentrate. I saw that on orange juice. <laughs> concentrate means to focus your mind. And that means by necessity that you can't think about other things. It requires discipline and focus. Say so that's not comfortable. That's not easy. Correct. This is also true spiritually. How many read through the Bible and you find, you find some things that God wants you to do that are not easy to do? <laughs> In fact, most of the things that God calls you to do are not easy. <laughs> Living righteous and holy, that ain't easy. Keeping your mind and your eyes pure in an impure world, that's not easy. Giving your tithe and your offering faithfully, that's not easy. Reading your Bible and understanding it and having a discipline, that's not easy either. Prayer. Prayer can be difficult. And see, what I'm saying is that this, the natural state of our spiritual ability is weakness. We come into the kingdom as spiritual infants, unable to help ourselves. We need the help of others. We've got to recognize that. We get saved. We're not strong instantly. We're not strong naturally. We have to exercise this gift of courage if we want to grow stronger. I want you to think right now, just, uh, just take a moment to, to think about three people that you admire. I'll give you a second to think about that. Think right now about three people. Maybe you can just list them in your mind. Three people that you admire in your life. Number one, number two, Number three, you admire these people. You look up to them. Let me ask you about those people. Are they cowardly people? Are they fearful people? Are they weak? Of course not. Nobody admires cowards. Nobody admires the fearful. The truth is those three people that I asked you to think of, they set an example somewhere in your life. They set an example for courage and for strength. That's why you admire them. So let's think about how cowards are made for a second. See, nobody, uh, nobody right now in our Sunday school, if the Sunday school teacher uh, asks the question of our little people over there, uh, uh, what do you all want to be when you grow up? There is not going to be a single child that raises their hand and says, I want to be a coward. I want to be fearful. I want to be a weakling the rest of my life. Nobody sets out to become cowardly. Is that true? Nobody wants to do that. And yet, the world is filled with cowards. And the church, unfortunately, is filled with people who could have greater strength. But they don't. 
Nobody sets out or dreams of of being a weak Christian, and yet there are many weak Christians. How do you explain this? The way that you explain it is because there's one redeeming quality of being a coward. There's only one reason why somebody would remain in a state of fearfulness and weak weakness. Do you know why? Because I believe it's the idol of our generation. Because it's comfortable. The reason why people don't step out in faith, the reason why people don't get stronger, the reason why people remain at a certain spiritual level, level and never grow beyond is because comfort. I'm comfortable. I'm good right here where I am. I don't want to get any more involved because that would require me sacrificing my comfort. This is the idol, especially of American Christianity. How many, how many are held back from doing God's will because to do so would require sacrificing your comfort? Did you ever see somebody that you care about falling in love with someone that you knew was going to be bad for them? Have you ever seen that happen? I think there's a song called Bad Romance. Caught in a bad romance. Yeah, I don't know. But there are people that, yes, there is such a thing as a bad romance. The, what that is, is somebody who falls in love with someone that when you see these two people getting together, you can predict with certainty this is not going to work out well. And why does that happen? Why does a man start to date a woman that does not have his best interest at heart? Why? Probably because she looks good. Probably because he's attracted to her, yes? Why would a woman begin to uh, have a relationship with a man who is stubborn and cruel and mean, why would she do that? Well, probably because she was abused as a child and that's the only kind of relationship she knows. You look at a situation like that and you try to warn this person that you love. If you continue with this person, it's going to be heartbreak for you. Well, I want to tell you, there are people in the church who have fallen in love with a mistress. And if you remain in this relationship, it's going to be bad for you. If you remain in this relationship, it's going to limit how far you go with God. If you remain in this relationship, God is not able to do all that he wants to do in your life. Who is the mistress? Your comfort. Some of you are married to Mrs. Comfort or Mr. Comfort. And because you are married to comfort... This is what produces cowards. Can I be real with you? Cowards are born from the seed of comfort. How much does comfort matter to you? Let's be real. We live in America. We live in the land of uh, drive through Taco Bell, baby. Why, why is that such a thing? Because we don't even want to discomfort ourselves to get out of our own vehicle to go into the restaurant that was invented here comfortable some of y'all right now including myself i'm like man it's hot in here i'm thinking about going to another church it's too hot it's not 
comfortable enough. Can we be real? If we give ourselves to the love of comfort, if we do not bridle the, the attraction that we have for comfort, this is what produces fear. You want to know how that works? When God calls you to do something, when God calls you to do something, how many know he will never call you to do something that is easy or comfortable? I want you to find, find it in the Bible. Find me the story where God called the man to do something that was comfortable. David says, I'm going to go kill that, that Philistine giant. I'm going to go kill that Goliath. You know why? Because that's the most comfortable thing to do. No. That was one of the hardest things he could do. It required courage for him to run out on that battlefield. And you can see it because the entire army of Israel was shaking in fear. But God said, I see a boy there. I see someone that I can bless, that I can help. Why? Because he can conquer his fears, break through his love of comfort to do something great. Courageous conquerors are those who are born from struggle, the refusal to remain comfortable. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9, Verse 25, all athletes. How many here, you've ever been an athlete in your life? Maybe not now, but you've been on sports teams, you've competed. You know that this is true then. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. And so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, I'm making my life harder on purpose. I am refusing to remain comfortable so that I can be stronger. We already said earlier on, remember, we all agreed together and we looked at the Bible and we, uh, we said together that God wants us to be stronger. Was that true? Say yes. God wants you. God wants you to be stronger. How do you get stronger? You don't get there by being more comfortable. You don't get there by taking it easy. You don't get there by taking a vacation. You don't get there by doing all the things that feel the best to you. How do you get stronger physically? Well, you have to go lift a few weights or go jog around the block a few times. Is that easy? Definitely not for me. Not easy. Requires me to get off of the couch once in a while. That's not easy. It requires me to cast out my love of comfort so that I can be stronger. If God wants you to be stronger in your faith, what do you think he wants you to do? How many Christians are stuck? They're at a plateau of their faith because they've reached a place of comfort and they say, oh, it's pretty nice right here. I'm not going any further. And you remain. And you, maybe, maybe you wouldn't say it. Maybe, maybe uh, nobody would label you. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But deep down, we can acknowledge that there is an overwhelming sense, I'm a coward. 
I'm not stepping forward into what God has for me because I'm too comfortable. We're going to get encouraged before we leave out of this place. That is exactly what the word means. To be encouraged means to plant into your soul courage. I want you to know that, uh, that fear and panic is something that uh, it's, it's infective. Like if one person panics and shouts fire in a crowded theater, that everybody can panic and run and fear can spread like that. Isn't that true? I want you to know that courage is the same. Courage can rub off on other people. That's why God is, he's pleading with Joshua here. He says, you, you're the one who's supposed to lead these people. I need you more than anybody else to be strong and courageous. You don't get to take a day off, Joshua. Why? Because people are looking to you for guidance. If you're going to encourage these people, that means you've got to be encouraged yourself. I want to give you from the word of God some keys of encouragement. Our scripture in verse uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, it begins with this word. It says, be on guard. On guard. To be on guard simply means to man your post. If you were in the military and you had duty days. And that is the time. Yep, you know what that's like, Charlene. That is the time that other people are uh, depending on you to not fall asleep because you are the one on duty. You're the one who's supposed to be watching over the rest. If we are going to be encouraged, you cannot fall asleep. Come on, somebody. You can't fall asleep. God has given you a post. God has given you a position. You've got to remain on guard. Second thing is to stand firm in the faith. In the Greek, that that phrase, stand firm, is the Greek word stiko. And it's where we get the English word steak, not the meat. We're talking about, watch out, David's getting hungry right now. Steak, like what you, if you've ever gone camping, you put a steak, clang, 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 into the ground. You tie a rope to it to keep your tent from flying away. That steak that you put into the ground, that's the same word in the Greek. To stand firm in the faith. Because what you don't want to happen when you're out on the hillside camping, you don't want a gust of wind to fly over your tent and have it roll down the mountain. That would not be great. And so this is why you take a hammer and you take a stake and you go clang, clang, clang into the ground. You tie a rope. What that stake does is it brings stability. It brings confidence. This is what Paul is saying to his disciple is you need to stand firm in your faith. Your faith is the thing that grounds you in the miracles of God. What is faith? Faith is the confidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is what gives us the strength to continue even when we see this crazy world around us. I still believe God. I still believe that God can do a miracle. I still believe God can heal. God can deliver. God can save. God can break chains. That's faith. The way that you can get encouraged is to be strengthened in your faith, to be planted, to persist, to persevere. How much of this Bible 
I am uh, amazed always that how much of it is simply a message of you can do this, keep going. (laughs) So much of this Bible is just you are in the right place, you're doing the right thing, stay faithful, remain true, don't give up, you can do it. That's like, I don't know, it's got to be got to be 30% of this Bible at least. Just keep going. You can make it. That's because of faith. You know, that comes with being planted. It was preached in the conference this week, and I just want to remind you that there is strength, there is courage in being planted. How many of you have ever planted something in your garden or in your yard? I want you to try to imagine what would happen if you take that tomato plant that you put in your garden and you try to transplant it to the backyard and then two weeks later you try to transplant it back to the front yard and then you take it to the church and try to transplant it in the yard out here with all of the geese and then you try to transplant what's going to happen to that tomato plant it's going to die at the very least it's not going to make any tomatoes that's for sure How do you stake yourself? How do you plant yourself? Listen, you've got to plant yourself in a church, in the Word of God, in a relationship, a community. Listen, our church, the Potter's House of Virginia Beach, is a great place for you to plant your life, your family. Because here in this place, we can help the together as a community. This is why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even in these last days, even so much more. The reason why is because if you try to be this wandering Christian going from place to place, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little, uh, uh, feeling a little sick today, <coughs> so I'm going to watch on, on live stream. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that attitude of not being planted is what produces so many weak Christians in our generation. Sometimes it's hard to get up in the morning. Sometimes it's difficult to get to church. But guess what? This is how we grow. Joshua. In Joshua, God gives him these instructions. Be careful to obey. Say the word obey. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. If you want to find courage, find it in obedience. You know, God will call us to do some radical things. Some things that you would never think possible for yourself. Sometimes you read a scripture and God will give you that direct laser beam into your brain that says, I want you to do that. And you're going to go like, huh? <laughs> like Moses I want you to go be my deliverer, Moses. Are you, uh, <clears throat> you talking to me? Moses, he couldn't get there. He couldn't even fathom that God would choose him. And yet, God speaks to him at the burning bush. And all of it rested on Moses' ability either to say, okay, all right, I don't know how it's going to work, but God, I'll go with you. Or to disobey. I want you to know that there is great ability to be encouraged when you obey on July 16th, 2023, only then, only when you do this, will you prosper. Well, pastor, uh, but I've, I've got a BA. I'm, I'm proud of you. <clears throat> I'm passing all my classes. That's great. You want to be successful? It's going to take more than just a degree. It's going to take more than just money in the bank. Come on, somebody. It's going to take more than just a nice house. It's going to take more than just some fancy clothes or a nice Gucci bag. You know what you need? 
you need the book of instruction. Only then will you prosper. Only then will you succeed. This book, not my book, not Pastor Mitchell's book, this book, without a daily serious habit of Bible study, you will fall. You will fail. If the only time you read the Bible is when you come to church, you're hurting. You're empty. You're lost as a Christian. (laughs) If it was important for Joshua to have courage and strength, it's going to be important for you also. And I want to say, if you will do these things, if you will stand firm in your faith, if you will be on guard, if you will obey the instructions, if you will be confident in God's presence, and if you will study the book of instruction day and night, let me give you some good news. You will be strong. If you put those things into practice tomorrow, and let me just remind you, every person here, you can do that. Every person. Every child, every elderly person, every, uh, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how dumb you think you are, every person can follow those instructions. And when you do, you will be noticeably stronger spiritually. Your life will change. That if you practice this, if you begin on Monday morning, you know what? I'm going to stand firm in faith. I don't understand everything that's going to happen, but I believe God. I'm going to promise God that I'm just going to read a portion of Scripture, and then I'm going to obey. And as I do that, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to uh, be protective that there are spiritual forces against me. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to put on the armor of God and make sure to uh, be aware of the enemies of tax. And I'm going to stay in this word. And I promise you, if you did that Monday through Saturday, you would show up next Sunday a very stronger person. I promise you, if you listen to this word and you apply it in your life, I'm not promising you that everything is going to go well with you. I'm not promising you that you'll never have a letdown or a setback. But I will promise you, you'll be stronger through it. You will survive. You're not going to backslide. Romans 8, verse 37, as we close. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Say, but pastor, I've got so many things I'm facing. I don't know if I can do it. More than conquerors. That's not your strength. That's not my strength. That's through his strength. You can get a Holy Ghost download of the strength of God into your life when you would be willing to put these few things into practice. So will you remain a comfortable coward or will you become a courageous conqueror? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a few moments. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, 
Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.